The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. There's no doubt that we've all had kind of different kinds of wounds. Maybe our wounds haven't been as significant of that as that which I've just described, but wounds nonetheless. And, and, and these are pretty severe wounds that I, I talked about, but there, there are wounds like, man, something will happen. It could be as simple as you're involved in something with your kids at school, whether it be a dad involved in Little League um, or a mom in the PTO and she's working hard to try to do things and somebody's feelings get hurt because of something that you did that was um, that you, you kind of just messed up and somebody gets their feelings hurt and then now all of this work that you have done, you're going around and you're beating yourself up because somebody else that you've been trying to make have a great experience has had a bad experience, or you've worked really hard and somebody's just being mean, and they're just saying, well, they just always try to run the show and everything they get involved in, they're always trying to take it over. And, and so we feel, these, we feel these experiences we have um, in life where people second, you know, they second guess our intentions, and it hurts, man. We just get um, down deep inside of our souls. We get these wounds that take place, and there's no doubt that we've all experienced that kind of pain. And, and there are many causes for wounds, um, and they may be that we are wounded because we sin. Sometimes we sin and we just rebel against what God has laid out as truth. And because we have rebelled from what God has asked us to do, it, require, it causes a, a wound in our lives that requires, like, or not requires, it just um, equals a lot of emotional pain and turmoil on the inside. Sometimes we're wounded because of our foolishness. We just make foolish decisions and it equates to a wound on the inside that causes a, a bunch of emotional turmoil. To- uh, to- or toil inside of us. Sometimes um, we're wounded because the world has fallen and things just break, man. Sometimes people die and it's just because of a, of a fallen world that we live in. The world, and we know that scripture teaches us the world is under a curse and it is the curse of death, that things are not um, like going to just get better like over time. The world is not getting better. It's actually getting worse. People, we're not going to solve this thing with death until Jesus comes back. And so sometimes um, people die early and that causes a wound. Sometimes people are just vindictive and mean and they don't care anything about anybody but themselves. And because they're operating on that plane, it causes deep wounds inside of us. And uh, so we look at this, we go, okay, yeah, those, I can see all of that. And then some wounds we look at, so some of them are inflicted by other people and some of them are self-inflicted. We just wound ourselves. We get so caught up in pleasure and how we want to live life that we make decisions, again, that are foolish, and we inflict pain in our own lives. And so last week, um, we celebrated Easter, great time of year when we think um, yearly about the resurrection of Christ. And so Easter is this time, it's this really cool time of year where people get really focused, and more people attend church last week than they attend in any other Sunday of the year. And so it's a really cool experience as we um, think about and celebrate the resurrection of Christ. This week is, is Sunday. And so Sunday is really just weekly Easter. Like we celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead. 
And so Sunday is a weekly celebration where we come together and we, um, in a corporate experience together, hopefully we're celebrating that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, and that he's doing something in our lives. And so uh, Sunday worship is our opportunity to, to celebrate the resurrection of Christ every um, week. Now, what are we celebrating? What does that mean? What does that celebration mean? Uh, have to do of that resurrection? Does it just mean that I look forward to the then and there when Jesus returns, as we sang about this morning, that he's coming back for his bride and he's coming back in his glory, and we just keep our minds and our hearts and our, our, our spiritual eyes focused on that event? Is that all there is to celebrate, is that we know we have a hope in Christ that he is returning? Well, that is one major thing, but we ought to be celebrating that Jesus does stuff in our lives on a weekly basis, that he's constantly bringing us through an experience of healing. Now, I don't know a whole lot about physical healing. I, I believe that the, the Lord still does physical healing. Um, I believe that, that I've seen physical healings take place before. I, I don't, uh, you know, I've, I, I've actually had experiences where I've prayed for people, and they've been healed. Now, there are some who teach that we have the gifts of healing, that I could go in and, and a person could go in and pray over somebody, and if they had enough faith, they could just be healed. I'm not one of those who believes that. I don't think the Scripture teaches that. I think that miracles still happen, um, and God sometimes sovereignly chooses to heal people, and sometimes He doesn't, okay? And I'm okay with that because the Scripture gives me an answer for it. And again, it is that the world is, is fallen. It has a, a curse upon it, and, and sometimes... People aren't healed from diseases that are terminal. But I do know this, is that the Scripture plainly teaches that we can be healed emotionally. We can be healed spiritually. Our souls are kind of messed up. They have a sickness about them, and we can experience a healing of them, and the Scripture teaches us that. And so several years ago, I taught um, this sermon series, and I feel like really prompted from the Lord that I'm supposed to teach this series, that I'm supposed to teach it. I don't know. Um, hopefully, most of you don't remember it. I'm pretty sure you don't because I don't hardly remember it when I break something out and, and redo it again. So hopefully, you don't remember it. Um, if you're sitting there um, and you're thinking, well, he, he's already preached this. I've already heard this. Quit wounding me, bro. <laughs> you're right, I have. But I'm, I'm honestly, like, I really feel led of the Lord that, that somebody, maybe... Several of you need to hear this series and work through some deep stuff that's causing some pain in your life to where you're not able to move past it. And, and so that's what really Easter is all about. That's what the resurrection is all about, is that Jesus came to help us with our wounds, and nobody understands what it is to be wounded like Jesus. There's never been a person on the planet who has been wounded more deeply, both physically and spiritually, then the God-man, Jesus Christ himself. And so as we unpack some verses in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 24, um, it's going to be kind of a, a theme for us in this series. It says this, Peter says, He himself, in reference to Christ, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And so the very purpose of Jesus is to bring healing to us. When we talk about the gospel, we talk about getting saved. We're talking about a healing, a spiritual healing of a brokenness of an individual's soul. And so we all have cracked souls. And we can be really together on the outside and really a mess on the inside. 
And, and, and really what happens is we think we do a really good job of hiding it, but the truth is the real person that we are, the real person that, that is designed to have the, the abundant life that Jesus describes in John chapter 10. It doesn't matter how much we make it look like we have it together on the outside. If we're broken on the inside, we are just a fraction of what the world is supposed to be experiencing from us. Uh, on on the outside. So brokenness on the inside always impacts the outside. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much we dress it up, how much we paint it. Um, Like you could take a house and you could put new windows in it. You could put a fresh coat of paint on it. You could dress that thing up on the inside or on the inside and the outside and make it look as really good as you want. But if the foundation is broken, man, there's no value in that house because it's going to come down and it's going to have problems for all of uh, the rest of its, its lifespan if we don't fix the foundation. And so it doesn't matter how good things look on the outside, it's what's going on on the inside. And a, and a better illustration might be is that you could drive by, by my house on any given day and it, it looks pretty good. Like we got fresh paint on the house. We try to keep the yard and the, the flower beds, you know, at least in good shape. We keep it mowed. But you could come in on a Monday and that thing looks crazy on the inside. Uh, and that is a result of not of me and Abby. We're pretty clean people. It is the five rugrats that live there with us. They're professional mess makers. The older they get, the better they, they are. But uh, you know what I'm saying is that on the outside, everything can look okay. On the inside, everything could be blown up. And that's what happens in our lives is on the outside, we can look like everything's okay. I mean, we're, we're good, responsible people. We treat other people pretty good. But on the inside, man, we're walking around. We're carrying around a lot of shame. We're carrying around a lot of pain because of some of our decisions, just a, just a load of oppression and guilt that can be bearing down upon us. And so God's greatest desire is to heal our brokenness, to heal that crack in our soul and show us how to live. The truth of the matter is, is most of the people that you encounter in life are flying upside down and their instruments are broken. You know, they don't even know they're flying upside down. Several years ago, I think it was back in the 90s, um, John F. Kennedy Jr., you remember the story, he was flying, he was a pretty um, experienced pl- pilot, but they believed that he probably just flew his plane straight down into immediate impact because he thought he was flying a different direction and he didn't trust his instruments. Well, the problem with us is not only are we flying upside down, our instruments are broken too on the inside if the Lord hasn't brought about a healing for us. And so we could start going through life and different experiences even after we've met Jesus We can still have areas of our lives where we're flying upside down and we're not listening to the voice of God and it brings about an incredible amount of condemnation, shame. We feel guilty over a lot of things in our lives and we're not supposed to be living that way. The Bible clearly teaches there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so we're not supposed to be experiencing condemnation. We're not supposed to be experiencing an incredible amount of guilt and shame. We're supposed to go through and walk through a, a, an experience of healing with the Lord on that. And so uh, Jesus, when we look at him, we see that he was wounded. It says here in verse 24 that by his wounds you have been healed. And he was wounded, why? In order to heal us. So Jesus was wounded and he was unjustly wounded, Like. <laughs> Like there, Jesus never did anything to hurt anybody. Jesus never did anything to displease God. He was God in the flesh. 
yet he, was, he experienced incredible um, physical betrayal, um, physical pain where they beat him and, and executed him, and emotional betrayal and pain as well. Emotional experiences to where he was wounded. Now, why was he done? Why was all that happening to him? He willingly stepped into that in order to be able to offer what was necessary to heal us so that we wouldn't have to walk through life carrying our own pain and shame and condemnation. And so that's the whole purpose of Jesus coming into the world. And so when we look at Jesus and we look at him on the cross, here's something that we need to understand. Is that um, physical, the physical beating was the shallow side of Jesus' wound. The spiritual and deeper side of his beating and pain was on the inside. And so what, what, why does Jesus do this? Again, I, I want to be clear on this, is the whole purpose for Jesus going to the cross is to heal us from our wounds. And our, what I want to teach you to do is to live on the right side of the resurrection. And the right side of the resurrection, there's no condemnation. On the right side of the resurrection, there's no shame. On the right side of the resurrection, there's no guilt. On the right side of the resurrection, there's no burden. For instance, um, you, you may have several years ago gone through a divorce, and you still carry around shame, and you still carry around the burden of that failure in your life. You're living on the wrong side of the resurrection. You're living on the wrong side of the cross. If you know Jesus... And, and certainly, there's no desire for God from God that you go through that experience. He doesn't want that for you. But if it happens, he also doesn't want you going through life carrying it all the way through the rest of your existence. It's weighing down on you. You're allowing it to condemn you. You're, you're broken on the inside. You have a wound that you have experienced, and you have to be heal, healed from that wound. Now, you could look at it and you go, well, I, I know the Lord has forgiven me. And what I'll teach you here in a couple of weeks is that forgiveness and healing are two different things. Forgiveness comes instantaneously, but healing requires some time. It requires us to go through some moments in our lives where the Lord um, helps us to heal from the experiences that we've been wounded by. And so understand that just because you're forgiven doesn't mean that you have actually been healed. And so physical beating is the shallow side of the cross. The deeper side is the sin he was bearing. And so if he bore our sin and he experienced those deep wounds, it was so that we could be healed. So we don't need to be bearing that sin ourselves. The word um, healed in verse 24 is a really cool word. It's E-A-O-M-I if you transliterate it from the Greek to English, I-A-O-M-I, E-A-O-M-I. It's a pretty cool word to say. Everybody say E-A-O-M-I. Oh, man, that was good. Corey, you got him warmed up today, bro. Uh, and so E-A-O-M-I is a really cool um, Greek word. It means to make whole. Like, like, like completeness. Jesus when he was teaching in the Gospels, he was, he was always referred to often as the Son of Man. That phrase, Son of Man, means all that a human was originally designed to be. Like, like he's the Son of Man. And so when it, when it talks that, when it describes Jesus like that, it, we could say this, Yeomai, he came, the Son of God. He takes on human flesh. God takes on human flesh. He dies in order to bring about eaomai, healing, completeness, wholeness 
for all human beings. And so some, when someone is made whole, eaomai, they are complete, we can recognize it. And, 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 we can, and, and when we recognize a person who has experienced eaomai, and they've moved from just living uh, 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 in a place of hope, hoping they are saved, they move to a place of knowing they are saved, knowing they have experienced a, a rebirth, knowing they have been completely healed, knowing that even if they blow it tomorrow, a person who has actually been healed spiritually before, if you blow it tomorrow, you know that you will be forgiven and you also know that the Lord will work you through healing of how you blew it. He will walk you through this moment and he will help you to work through your pain. He will make you a deeper and richer person and he will make you uh, into an individual that other people look at and go, man, there's something different going on inside of that, that individual. That is the gospel. That's what the gospel is supposed to be bearing out in your life. If you, if you got saved when you were a kid, if you surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ and you, said, I, and you said yes to Jesus, and then you go through a period of rebellion in your life, and then you go through a lot of wounds that happen because you're not being obedient to Jesus, then you need to understand that you've got to step back into obedience with the Lord and allow Him to bring you through this experience of healing to stretch you in order that he can make you all into all that you're originally supposed to be. And if you don't get there, like if you don't allow him to take you on that journey, then what happens is you stop the move of the Lord in your life. And so you're living as Jesus only as Savior to save your soul, but not as Lord. And when you, when, like, the scripture is pretty clear, he is Lord and Savior. And so we're screwing things up when we stop the move of the Lord in our lives. That's why we have this word called sanctification. It's a, it's a spiritual, it means spiritual growth. There's an expectation that when we meet the Lord and we give our lives to Him, He takes us on a journey and He continues to heal us. We continue to open up every chamber of our lives that He shows us that we're holding back and we let Jesus be Lord there. And as we let Him be Lord in that area of our lives, it brings about healing, eaomai, completeness, wholeness. There's nothing better. So some of you like for Jesus to be Lord on Sunday, but you don't know how for Jesus to be Lord in your life on Monday. What do I mean? Well, you know how to, for, you, you, like you look at it and you go, I want Jesus to bless my business, so I'm going to go to church on Sunday. I want Jesus to bless my career so I'm going to church on Sunday to worship Jesus. But you haven't figured out that Jesus is your career. Like he owns, if you own a business and you know Jesus, it's his business. It's not your business. And, and when you see that, then you've stepped on the other side of the cross and you're beginning to realize that he is master of your everything. Uh, some of you know, may, you may know that quite well. You know how Jesus is to be Lord of your career but you've not figured out how Jesus is Lord of your marriage. And so Jesus doesn't get to tell you how to live as a husband or as a wife. And, and some of you know that, that Jesus is Lord of your life, but he, he hasn't become Lord uh, in your life as, as a son or daughter. And so you don't know how to honor your mother and father. And so there's brokenness going on in your life. 
And so all brokenness and all wounds don't have to be as deep and significant as cutting us into a place where someone else has hurt us. Sometimes we're hurting ourselves. We're self-inflicting um, wounds in ourselves because we're not being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what he wants us to do is he wants us to recognize that. He wants, us to take, he wants to take us on this journey and heal us from these things that are causing pain in our lives. And so I know what that is, okay? So as I teach this, as I teach this, what I want to just clearly and transparently say to you is that, man, there have been deep wounds in my life. I have been wounded by other people. Um, I've been wounded by people who've questioned my intentions, and that hurts. I've been wounded um, because um, things like my brother, uh, my niece is here today. A few years ago, my brother killed himself, and that hurts, man. Like, that hurts deep inside, and that's a wound that I, I didn't have any control over, and that, that's, that's a wound I've had to heal from, and it's hard. But I want to tell you something. The hardest wounds that I've had to heal from are my own self-inflicted wounds. Things that I've done that I know I shouldn't have done that the Lord has had to work me through. Deep, painful experiences that nobody else on the planet is responsible for but Jimmy. But I'm, here's what I can tell you. Is that man, in those experiences of that deep pain, that, that, that hurt like, like deeply, um, I wouldn't trade them for the world. Like, like I look back on I don't. I never want to experience them again. Like I don't want anything to do with them. But what they have accomplished in my life and in my relationship with the Lord, because I've allowed the Lord to heal me, even from my own foolishness and stupidity, it has made my walk with him that much deeper and that much more intimate. And so that's what this series is about, is how do you walk that out in your life? How do you live out the gospel beyond salvation, beyond that he is the answer um, for, for your, your brokenness and that he will save you from your sins and you get to spend eternity with him? How do you live that out tomorrow? How do you allow him to continually bring about healing in every area of your life? And when you blow it, keep surrendering so that he can continue to bring that healing to you. Well, First uh, Peter chapter 2 contains some powerful truth about healing. And so we're going to unpack it to, uh, for you today and give you just three takeaways to kind of set us up um, where we're headed for the next few weeks. This is what Peter says in verse 20 of chapter 2. If you suffer... If you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Now, Peter understood pain. Okay, so we talk about, uh, so I'm describing a little bit about um, some of my, 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 my deep wounds. When we can look at Peter's, and we know Peter had some self-inflicted wounds. Peter, man, he is an interesting dude in the Bible. He gets up in Matthew chapter 16. He has this incredible experience where Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And the guys are like, ah, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets. He says, no, but who do you? Who do you say that I am? Peter steps up to the plate, man, and he crushes it out of the park, and he says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Peter, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven revealed this to you. And upon this statement of faith, 
I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Peter's like, you know, he's like, he crushes it. And so the very next, like, a few verses, if you read that down a little bit further, Jesus starts talking about, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to die. And um, I says, I'm not going to be with you anymore. And Peter pulls him aside and starts rebuking him. He's feeling so good about himself for what he just did that he pulls Jesus aside. He says, never permit it, Lord. I'll never let this happen to you. And Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan. You have your mind on the things of man, not the things of God. So he goes from this huge climactic experience of being just overwhelmed with uh, adrenaline because he just crushed it, knocked it out of the park, to blowing it, like totally, like the Jesus is calling him the devil. That's a high and a low right there. He does the same thing at the Last Supper. He says, I'll never betray you. I never betrayed you, Peter, before the rooster crows three times. Like before the rooster crows in the morning, you'll deny me three times. Jesus is arrested, and he, he like, he cusses at this woman and says, I don't know the guy. They're saying, you, you're one of his followers. I, I never seen him. And he just says all kinds of things. And Jesus immediately looks at him. The cock crows and he's denied him. And it says that he runs away and he weeps bitterly because he's denied the Lord. And so Peter understood what it meant to, to experience a deep self-inflicted wound. Like he, he did the very thing that he didn't want to do. And so when we look at uh, what Peter is teaching us in this letter, he's saying to us um, that he understands, one of, one of the things we know about him is that he understands wounds. And he's saying to humanity that Jesus gives us an example to follow because Jesus brought him through that. And then after Jesus rose from the dead, he met Peter on the beach and he reinstated him. He, he kind of like said, Peter, I, basically he's teaching Peter in that that encounter, I don't want you to carry that shame all around. I want you to be healed from that experience because I'm going to use you to get this church, to get my church out of the ground, and you're going to play a key role in that. And so in Peter saying that Jesus, he leaves us an example that we should follow, and there are so many people who are hurting who don't know how to heal. So there are some of you, no doubt, there's something that's happened in your life that you're not letting the Lord heal you from today. Like, and I don't know, I have no idea what it is, okay? I don't know your secrets, and I'm not looking to find out your secrets. But I am looking to teach you to follow the example set by Christ and let the Lord heal you. Okay, so whatever it is that, that, that you could have taken this and it could have happened 20 years ago and you've never healed from it. It could have happened um, two weeks ago and you are not allowing the Lord to heal from it heal you from it. And so the, 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 what we want to do is we want to be the people of the Lord who are stepping in to obedience and allowing the Lord to do his thing. And so what we are good at is, is when we, especially on a self-inflicted wound, you know, you know what our greatest tool is? It's a shovel. We're going to bury it. We're just going to push it down. Nobody else knows about this. Nobody knows what I did. Nobody knows, uh, you know, I can keep this. But I, maybe you just keep it inside of your own family, and nobody else knows that you had this terribly painful experience, and so you're just kind of holding it all in, and you just keep pushing it down deeper and deeper. And guess what that's doing to you? It's destroying you because you are condemning yourself. You're not letting other people into your experience, and you're not letting the Lord do his work on you, and so you're carrying around a burden that your body, your soul is not designed to carry. And so Peter says, I have 
good news, and, and that's that Jesus shows us how to heal. So that's the first thing that Peter says. Then in verse 22, he says, He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. And when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Now, <laughs> this is a powerful thing for us to, to wade through right here. Jesus did the right thing no matter what was done to him. Okay, Jesus did the right thing no matter what was done to him. Peter's saying Jesus shows us how to heal. Then he says he committed no sin, no deceit was found in him. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. He suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges right justly. So instead of retaliating in situations, even when he was wounded, what Jesus did is trusted the Father to fix what was going on. Jesus suffered through the dysfunction of others and didn't allow himself to become dysfunctional. Okay? We often suffer through the, the dysfunction of others and we become dysfunctional. And so we're perpetuating the depth of the wound. Not only does someone else wound us, but we wound ourselves by retaliating instead of trusting that the Lord will work us through this. Sadly, we don't know how to not become dysfunctional. And if we will trust the Lord, and that's what this series is going to be about, is that when, when something bad happens to you, when someone does something bad to you, be like Jesus. He is the example to follow. If you want to experience Aomai and you want to be a complete person, then don't try to get even Stephen. Realize that the Lord has already done a work in your life and you've already gotten more than you could ever deserve in your life and you're not, to be, you're not called to live in a way that you're trying to get even and be a dysfunctional human on the planet. You're called to be like Jesus. And so when someone else is dysfunctional, don't become dysfunctional yourself. Realize that that's only further harming you as a human being, and it's taking you away from the things that the Lord wants to do in your life. So not only does Jesus show us how to heal, um, Jesus shows us that our pain is productive. And that's what's going on here is that sometimes, and this might freak you out a little bit, sometimes the Lord will allow others to be dysfunctional in your life just because he's trying to grow you. If God the Father allowed things to go on in Jesus' life in order to heal us, wouldn't it just make sense that we, if we take on the image of Christ and, and Christ is raised up in us, that there are going to be people that treat us the same way? As a matter of fact, Jesus says, don't be surprised when it happens. There are going to be people who do things to offend you. There are going to be people who do things to take advantage of you. But if you have enough faith to believe that Jesus is going to raise you from the dead, you ought to have enough faith that Jesus is going to take care of the things that are done unjustly to you and that you don't have to take matters in your own hands. Because what he's teaching us is that when we take matters into our own hands, that we um, are harming ourselves even deeper. And so Jesus shows us that pain is productive and that we need to get comfortable with it. It's not the greatest message series you want to hear, right? You got to get comfortable. You do. There are times in your life that you're going to go through painful things. And it's okay. It doesn't mean that God is mad at you. It doesn't mean necessarily that you've done something wrong. Sometimes it just means that you're going through an experience that's going to stretch you and make you, uh, put you uh, bring you into a deeper fellowship with the Lord. Sometimes it is 
uh, cause because you have done something to, to bring about the wound. But look, look at verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. So here's, here's what I mean by um, pain is productive. No one wants to experience pain. Like, I'm not looking at this and going, woohoo, man, I can't wait till uh, something happens that's painful for me again. Like, I don't want, like, I, I haven't had a deep, painful wound in, in quite some time, and I don't want one, okay? But they will come. It, it's just a way, like, we have no guarantees. And when they, when they come, we need to know how uh, uh, to uh, navigate through them because they're coming. And so what we have to understand is that when one of those painful moments comes, like, man, when you have five kids, like sometimes I find myself going, uh, what if one of them gets sick, man? Like, what, what, like there, there are parents out there that are going through experiences where they're, they're raising a child who has leukemia. And so what do you do? Like, what do you do in those moments? Because there's strong, deep, Believers in Christ who are experiencing painful moments like that. Um, there there are, are, are people who go through the loss of a child. Just a deep, painful moment. That, man, like, like the closest I've gotten to that is, is that we were expecting number six, and we were three months in, and we lost that, that, that child, and it was painful, man. A very deep, painful for exper- experience for Abby and I. Um, but I can't imagine having a one- or two-year-old or five-year-old um, or any of my children and losing them. I have an aunt and uncle that have lost two of their kids. It's just deep, painful experiences. This happens. And just because you love Jesus doesn't mean that it can't happen to your family. Like, don't forget that out of the, the original 12 disciples, Judas took his life and the other 11, with the exception, the other 10 um, we're all executed with the exception of John. And so, like, they loved the Lord, and he had a purpose in their life, and he was using them in an incredible way. But there were bad things that happened to them, and, and that happens. And so what we have to know how to do is how to navigate through that pain. And we have to understand that that pain will produce, and it will produce a harvest of righteousness in your life. And that's why that we are called to live for his righteousness. And when we... Um, when we process it in a healthy way, healthy pain always, like healthy pain always leads to resurrection. Right? That's what the Lord is. He's constantly wanting to resurrect stuff in our lives. And so what is resurrection? It's life. And so healthy pain, as Jesus processes through the pain in a healthy way, he's, he's taking on the sins of, the, of humanity. He's taking on this betrayal. And as he processes through it in a healthy way, it led to resurrection. Unhealthy pain always produces death. You are going to have pain in your life. And you either will process it through it in a healthy way that produces life or in an unhealthy way that produces death. And so when we process it correctly, we experience growth, death, depth, and life. And when we process it incorrectly, we experience dysfunction, separation, and death. That's why it's so important to go, like, man, when pain happens, I don't, man, the Lord is speaking to somebody right now. I could tell. 
when pain happens, you just got to breathe deep. And you got to get some people around you. And you got to let them love on you. And you got to know, man, the Lord is going to bring you through this. The Lord is going to walk with you through this. And he is in the midst of that pain. And, and nobody on this planet understands what you're walking through like Jesus. Like he knows what you're going through right now. And so you've got to let him do his thing. And you've got to trust him even with the pain that you're experiencing right now. And so when we process it correctly, we begin to experience depth in life. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to learn how to process that pain. And so maybe, maybe for some of you, like the Lord is getting you ready for something. Maybe for some others in here, you, you are in the midst of it right now. And then the Lord is trying to help you like walk it out and, and what He wants to do in your life. The same God who created muscles created your soul. And what do we know about a muscle? When it's torn down, it always grows back stronger. And so that's what happens, man. Like you go work out and you feel good. Like, man, you get on an adrenaline rush and you wake up the next day and you're like, what did I do to myself? Like you can't even pick up the stapler, you know? And so like that's what happens in, in our, our, our spiritual pain as well. And so Peter goes on to teach us that Jesus shows us life works um, when he is Lord. Look at, look at the last verse we'll cover and I'll land this thing. For you were like sheep going astray. Man, it's such a great, like, I love this verse. You were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Three Greek words that really make this come alive. They unlock healing for us. The first one is astray. comes from the word plano, and it means to lead or wander away from truth. Like, we're, we're prone to do that. We're prone, when things are great in our lives, we're prone to kind of wander away from truth. The second one is return. It's the word epistrepho, and it means to bring back, but not just to bring back, but to bring back to God, to bring back to worship, to bring back to obedience, to bring back to wisdom. Okay, so like we'll go through these experiences that are very painful, we'll suffer, and if we're not careful, they will lead us astray, and so we need to experience epistrepho, return to the, the Lord, bring back to God, bring back to worship, bring back to obedience, bring back to wisdom in the midst of it. And then the third one, overseer, is the word episkopos. It's the same word that is used sometimes of a pastor. He's, a, he's an episkopos, and it's guardianship, oversight inspection one who is charged with the duty of seeing things to be done that they'd be done by others in the right way so like there's there's a duty i have as a pastor that as i charge someone with the responsibility of doing a ministry within the church part of my responsibility as, as a pastor is to make sure they do it in the right way and they're not just doing things that they're doing it in the right and correct way so that's, that's the word overseer. And so when Jesus is the overseer of our souls, what he's saying is that when we, when we, uh, when we return back to God, when we return back to, to wisdom, when we return back to worship, when we return back um, to who he is and our lives in obedience, then he helps us to do the things that must be done, and he ensures that, that we do them rightly. But 
only when we allow him to oversee. See, that's what I talk about, lordship, salvation. You can't just get Jesus as Savior. He gets to be Lord. He's a king. And so when you say, I got saved, I'm saved by the blood of Christ, then you have a king, and he wants to be the overseer of your soul. And as you navigate through these painful experiences, he says, listen, I don't want you to retaliate in that. I don't want you to be dysfunctional just because someone else has been dysfunctional to you. I want you to be like me, and I'm going to help you do that if you'll allow me to be the overseer of your soul. And so to grow, what we have to do is humbly bend the knee before Christ as Lord and let him do his his work inside of our lives. So Jesus wants to be the overseer of your soul. That's the big idea of today's talk. And so my question for you would be, um, who's the overseer of your soul today? Like is, and you, like either, there's only two choices. It's you or Jesus. And, and, and so I want you to answer, like, who's the overseer of your soul? Then if you allow it to be Jesus, when you go through these painful experiences, he will oversee your soul and allow you to navigate through it in such a way that you become deeper and inti- more intimate with him. Uh, I'll close with this story as, as Corey um, begins to play. There's a, there's a story of a guy um, came home from work, and he was responsible for watching his toddler while his wife went and ran some errands. He was exhausted. And he had the paper, and he tried to read the paper a little bit, and his dad, or his son kept saying, Daddy, I want to play. Daddy, I want to play. Let's play. And he's like, man, I just want to take a nap. And his boy was like, Daddy, let's play. Daddy, let's play. And so there was a picture of the world, the globe, on, on the paper. And so he took the paper, and he tore it, like, in a bunch of little different pieces and different designs. And he says, here, son, I made you a puzzle. Put that together. And he thought to himself, this will buy me at least an hour. I'll be able to shut my eyes here and let little Johnny work on this puzzle that's probably impossible because he doesn't understand geography. And so the, he puts it down on the floor, and the little boy begins to play with it, and he dozes off, and he's feeling good. And the boy wakes him up and says, Daddy, let's play. Daddy, let's play. He says, why wanting you to do the puzzle? He said, I finished it. And he looks down, and the, the whole thing is put together. And he said, how did you do that so quick? He said, oh, it was easy. I turned over the back of it, and there was a person on the back. And so I just put the person together. When I put the person together, the world was fixed. And that's what the Lord does. One person at a time, he fixes the world. And so as we look at the world, we go, man, the world is so messed up. We ought to be looking at ourselves and go, am I broken? I'm allowing the Lord to fix me so the world is not so messed up. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.